Before we dive into this episode, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you love listening to this show, please take a second and leave a review. It'll help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. Thanks. I was living with my mom still and working at a uh, retirement community as a dishwasher and a server. I applied at a temp agency to see what they could find me because I was desperate to get out of that situation. This is Ezra. Ezra was looking to get more out of life when he decided to make a move and find a more rewarding work environment. After a few months of checking in with the temp agency, let them know that I was still looking for a job, they found me this job at a fiberglass factory that makes pipes and the fittings and all that for uh, oil fields. And because I don't drive, I was looking for a place that was like close enough to the new job to where I could walk and eventually ride my bike to and from there. The fiberglass factory seemed like a great fit. It was near where Ezra lived and the wage was the highest wage he had ever earned. This was an easy decision to make, so Ezra took the position. What he didn't realize was that the work environment would prove to be unsafe and the managers overseeing his production would work him to exhaustion. My name's Carly and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform to those who have survived a highly toxic work experience only to come out with newfound wisdom and a renewed sense of self. A toxic workplace is more than just the daily grind. It's a soul-crushing experience that will chip away at your sanity until you're about to lose your mind. It's an abusive relationship that's hard to leave. And the longer you stay, the more you lose sight of who you set out to be. I started working there, and at first I was learning how to wind the parts. I was originally wanting to learn how to do that, but it was just, I just couldn't get it. It was just too complicated for me to understand and do correctly. So not wanting to give up, I asked to uh, learn something else. So couplings, they're simple and straightforward from what I was told. So I was brought over to that department to learn how to, to make those. But the guy I was working with, he was nice, but there were also times where he was a complete asshole to me. While I was learning, or rather, majority of the time I was uh, learning to to make couplings, I was just helping the guys who, you know, wound the the couplings over there. Because I I kept my protective, uh, my personal protective gear on because it was very time consuming to put all of it back on. And, and like, if you wanted to, if you needed to use the bathroom, you had to take it all off and put some more on because you usually had to tear all this stuff off. That place is full of bullies. And that wasn't just my manager. It was just plenty of other guys you know this guy in particular was the self-proclaimed big man on campus he likes to go up to new employees depending on whether or not they look like easy prey fresh meat to him he would go over them and assert assert dominance over them by screaming yelling and cursing at them bossing them around like he owned and ran the place which because of the way he looked and acted i thought he was the plant manager he came up to me and said i'm gonna tell you this once take your shit off before you go out in the break room but he scared the hell out of me because I was new to this place. I wanted to do everything I could to stay there because it was the highest paying job I'd ever had. It was what was keeping a roof over my head. I had my own place and I didn't want to ruin it. So I just said, understood, sir. I'm sorry, sir. The clock in our area 
it would be like completely off. So I'd like take it down to try and like send it back to the right time. And he would, ironically enough, tell me, you're wasting time. Grab it out of my hand, put it on top of the shelf and tell me if I ever want to look at the time. I'd have to walk over to someone else's work area where their clock is to look at the time. Um, whenever the parts are wound, you bring them to an oven, like you put them on a cart and roll it into the oven. It'll cure and harden. And then when it's uh, cured and hardened, you take it out, strap it to a, a vise, and remove the mold halves from it. And it's easier to break them down when you uh, douse it in cold water. Like when I'm trying to douse it in cold water, he would yank a water sprayer away from me and tell me that I'm wasting time and that it's not going to help and to do without it. So to break it down, I had to like, I like, yeah, put a wrench on it and hit it with a hammer until it broke loose. But it wouldn't, it, it usually wouldn't break loose because it's you know, too hot. So I'd just be like hitting it and hitting it and hitting it with a hammer until I could barely even lift my arms. I'm just like, why am I doing this? Why is it wrong for me to use water like I was told to, to do? My breaking point with him was I was helping him uh, clean up. I believe he was about to go on break or something. So before he left, he asked me to, to empty out a resin pan, which is where like uh, he collected the drippings. I told him, okay, and he repeated it back to me angrily, and I told him, I said okay. So as I was about to grab it and, and dump it, he grabs it and dumps it himself. So I was like, okay, I'm just done with this guy. So I just rip off the, the disposable protective coveralls I was wearing and just all that and just stormed off. And I went to my manager and told him, I cannot stand working with him anymore. Do you have any place else you can put me? So he brought me over to... I guess back to the department I was originally at, but instead of winding parts, I was uh, helping break down parts. Yeah, that's what I did for the rest of the, the remainder of the time I worked there. Ezra would quickly discover that his new supervisor was even harder to work with than his previous situation. Leading with an iron fist was his way of getting things done. He was a bit of a dictator, and depending on his mood, he was either willing to help or he would put it off or downplay the severity or seriousness of it. Yeah, basically it's my way or the highway. That's his that's his leadership style. Even if he's completely wrong or even violating uh, the rules, your uh, safety policies, company policies, violating your rights as an employee or as a human, he doesn't care. He will do whatever it takes to get something done. I don't remember the exact details of what he did to everyone else, like the other, uh, to the, the parts winders. But to me, I was definitely his favorite target. Um, two things that he's done. I was outside on the, like, so we had rows of uh, telephone poles and I was prepping them to have uh, caps and bottoms put on either end. And because what I was doing to them required me to be hunched over for long periods of time, it tends to hurt your back after a while. So I would like stand up every now and then to stretch my back, relieve the strain and the gradual pain I was feeling. And he came out with a couple other guys to help him. And he told me to stop uh, standing up and stretching because I was wasting time because we need to get this all done quick. So I told him that my back was starting to hurt. And he said, do you want a shoulder massage? Do you want a back rub? And depending on who you ask, that could be considered sexual harassment. The definition of sexual harassment, as defined by Cornell Law School's Legal Information Institute, 
is conduct that has the purpose or effect of unreasonably interfering with an individual's work performance by creating an intimidating, hostile, or sexually offensive work environment. Although Ezra's supervisor appears to be joking, he is creating a hostile work environment by making Ezra the target of his inappropriate gestures. Offering a back rub, even in a joking way, may be taken personally by somebody. One thing to remember about sexual harassment is that even if the harasser didn't physically touch another person, if they make someone feel uncomfortable with offensive or inappropriate words, it's considered sexual harassment. This is toxic masculinity at its finest. On top of his inappropriate gesture, Ezra's supervisor also had complete disregard for the safety of Ezra's physical well-being. Have you ever worked on something hunched over for eight hours without taking incremental breaks to stretch your back? I don't care if you're an Olympic athlete, hunching over for long periods of time is going to take a toll on anyone. Apparently, this didn't matter to the supervisor. What ended up happening was that because I wasn't allowed to stand up and stretch my back anymore, I had back pain for a week, which made doing my job after that painful and excruciating. And I couldn't even get into bed without my back feeling like it was breaking. And being as naive as I was then, I could have gone to the safety inspector and tell him what had happened. And I don't know, I feel like there's a low chance that he would have gotten in trouble for that because he was friends with the plant manager. Anything he says and does to other employees he could get away with it. All he cared about was production. He didn't care if it meant the, he didn't care if it was at the expense of someone's health, maybe even life. All he cared about was production. Unless you are kissing someone's ass or unless you're tough and strong and look like someone that nobody would ever want to mess with, you have no voice. You have no say. You, it's bow down to me and do as I say, or I will make your life a living hell. And also if you have an important enough role At the plant, you can get away with anything. The bullying and tough environment started to take a toll on Ezra. Up until this point, he pushed through and obeyed the demands of his supervisors. But this eventually pushed him to his turning point. I didn't start sticking out for myself until sometime after I had a trip to the emergency room. I remember the exact date. It was Halloween 2019. I woke up that morning. I was not just mentally, but physically burnt out. I was amazed I was even able to stand up the moment I got out of bed. I was so fatigued that I I considered calling in because I did not feel well. But I decided uh, maybe if I start moving around a lot more, I could could just shake it off. I'll I'll get better. But I rode my bike to work and it it just only got worse. It, It used to take me about nine minutes average to get from my my apartment to work on my bike, it took me 15. After I I got changed into my uniform and walked onto the floor, my coworkers noticed I did not look well. They told me, man, dude, you don't look well. I I just simply brushed it off, said, I'll be fine. I just need to get to work. So I got over to my workstation and I, I couldn't even like, okay, I was barely, at that point I could barely stand. I couldn't even stand up very at all very much if at all anymore so my manager nearby just came up and she's like come on let's go let's go let's go let's go even though i was clearly looking like i was about to faint and i told him i can't i don't i don't feel well and 
I even tried to pick up a wrench to start breaking down the part that I had on the vise, but I couldn't even lift the wrench. I, at that point, I was just like propping myself up on the floor. I was sitting on the floor, leaning up against my work table at that point, and he just stood over there screaming and yelling at me for it. Like it was my fault that I was fatigued. And I tried telling him that I was doing a job that required more than one person to do. And it was just wearing me out. Like he was yelling at me, telling me that that it's not it's not his doing, that it's something I'm doing in my personal life. Which funny thing is, the only thing I did in my personal life after like after work the day prior was go to a Halloween party. I was doing a job that required at least two people to do by myself with no help. I mean, there are times where he would get, bring someone from another department over to help if only if they had nothing else going on. But even then, that was only for like just brief periods of time. And then he started yelling at me about how I wasn't doing anything all day, you know, the, the day before, because I had a pile of 13 parts that I was behind on. And he said I was standing around doing nothing the whole day, which was a lie. I was helping other people with doing something else, which was just as important. But if he... If but if he actually cared about my health and well-being, he would have no, made he would have made note of that. But he didn't. So he told me that if I wanted to, I could go to the emergency room to figure out what's wrong with me. So I again tried telling him that I was worn out because of the work conditions, and he stormed off and said, "I don't want to hear it." So after after being yelled at, I decided to use sick time and go to the emergency room. And I went to the emergency room, and they told me it was. Stress-induced fatigue. Not only did Ezra suffer from extreme fatigue, his job caused him to break down mentally. I'm a clear example of what could go wrong if you're doing something by yourself with no help. The last year or so of working at that place, I was always sore, always burnt out, exhausted, both just physically and mentally exhausted, and my mental health was just deteriorating. Like I, like just my depression was just getting worse. My anxiety is getting worse. And I was starting to have thoughts of suicide. And on top of all this, I'm on the autism spectrum. So I feel like that is part of the reason why I was treated so poorly. Being a target of bullying has a grave effect on a person. In instances where they feel they have nowhere to turn, suicide may feel like their only option. In Ezra's case, he felt hopeless because he had no one on his side. He's also on the autism spectrum, which makes him a target for bullying. I found an article on thegoodmenproject.com called The Sad Truth About Bullying Autistic Adults, which was written by a man diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. He says, quote, If you're on the spectrum and have a hard time picking up certain social cues, you're like a deer standing alone in the middle of a meadow with trees all around. People are waiting with their loaded rifles to pick you off from every side. Ezra was being targeted from every side. His workplace was filled with bullies, and going to HR only made matters worse. Pretty early on, I was told by an employee to be careful who I trusted and be careful who I talked to around the, that factory. And that is a lesson. That, like, I should have heeded his warning back then, but I didn't. I should have. In fact, um, Human Resources, the first time I tried to report my manager, she told me to um, bring this up with the plant manager. So hoping that this would actually work, 
That was a big mistake. He, uh, yeah, my manager was pals with the plant manager. So I went to him, I went to him with the report and he was like, he's telling me that he'll take care of it. So like a few minutes later, after I'm back at, back to work, I saw him walking around with my manager, just chit chatting and yucking away with him. That was him telling him that I reported him and what all I had said, which is against the rules, which violated company policies because you're not supposed, you're not allowed to tell someone who reported you and for what. Oh, and you are supposed to be protected against retaliation, which guess what? He retaliated. The next day, he had all the parts winders make parts that were small and quick, like really small parts, had all of them do that just to tire me out as punishment. And then like, like a, a couple months later, I had planter warts on my feet from like, I guess just a combination from walking a lot and from just doing and from my job. So I use time off and I got, I use sick time to go to the, go to a walk-in clinic. And I told my manager this and he told me that according to company policy, I needed to provide a doctor's note in order to have sick time approved, which he, yeah, that, that, that's not true. That was a lie. He made that up. He, that's another thing he liked to do. He liked to make up his own lies and company policies. It's all about power to him, power and power and control. So I actually con- I actually consulted with the plant with the plant manager whether or not that was true because that just sounded like a lie to me because I had used sick time before and I didn't have to have a sick note. I consult with the plant manager. Hey, is that true? And he told me no. And I could like unless I'm going to be off work for more than a day, then I don't need a doctor's note. So the next day I come back into work, and just because again. I've had an abusive upbringing. I, there was a lot of gaslighting involved. So just to make ac- absolutely certain that I remembered and heard him correctly, I came up to him and asked him, uh, just to make sure, you said I don't need a doctor's note, right? And that's when the plant manager went off on me because he thought I was complaining about my manager. And that's when he told me that the reason why my manager treated me so badly is because I was so disrespectful to him. If you ask anyone else I worked with, anyone who watches the way he treated me, they could tell you I was not disrespectful to him. I did whatever he commanded. I basically rolled out of my back and showed my belly because, again, I've had an abusive upbringing where I had no power. I felt like I just learned helplessness. I had I felt like I had no choice but to listen to, you know, the alpha so there are also some other employees, some that I even worked with who were bullies. There was a guy who was like, gosh, I think in his mid-30s, who he was obnoxious, childish, and immature. Okay, I was the type of person back then who, like, if I was about to learn or do something new, I had a lot of doubt in my abilities to be able to do it or learn it. Like I said, I was I was very submissive back then. and. Basically, he he definitely had a thing for sexually harassing me, and this is one of those instances. Basically, again, if someone tougher than me commanded me to do something, I felt like I had to do it. He basically made me grope myself. Um, he told me to check and feel if I have a spine, then told me to check and see if I have balls. So I so I did. He said, "Then you can do it." More specifically, he said, "Do you have a spine? Check and feel and see if you have a spine." You have balls? 
check and feel if you have balls. If yes, then you can do it. Oh, and then it gets worse. Then another instance, he was teaching me how to mix something. Like, yeah, like uh, to mix, to make a putty that we use for the telephone poles. Um, we were handling substances that if you breathe it in, it would, it could very likely kill you. And he neglected to grab the protective gear needed for that. So when I, when he wanted me to mix it, I was doing it in a way to where it would not just fling all this toxic powder everywhere. And he knew this, but he told me that if I didn't mix it any harder, he's going to slap my ass with a paint mixing stick, which he ended up doing it anyway. In hindsight, Ezra now realizes this behavior is considered sexual harassment. He says the majority of the targeting by this employee had to do with something sexual. Eventually, he had to get his manager involved, which, not shockingly, didn't help the situation. Um, I remember walking onto the factory floor, and a couple of my coworkers told me that he had taken pictures of me while I was using the toilet. So, freaking out, even after they they said that they were kidding. I didn't want to take any chances. I went to my manager and told him what I was told. And he brought in the, uh, the guy who, you know, was a bully and sexual harasser towards me. And he told him and he told everyone present that he didn't do it and that he was willing to give to give them his phone so they could check for themselves. Yeah. It turns out they were just, they really were just kidding all along. Even if that was true, I did not want pictures of my privates circulating the workplace. This sounds like a bullying prank from middle school. It's not even funny. It's straight up bullying. To put someone in fear that these pictures are circulating at the factory of them using the restroom is mean-spirited. Whether it's true or not, the humiliation alone of being at the center of that rumor is enough to make anyone lose their shit. And Ezra had every reason to believe that this could be true. Ezra put up with this bullying environment for over three years. He never considered leaving because he was making good money, and he felt it was worth the stress and anxiety. Luckily for him, the decision to leave was made for him after an incident occurred that was deemed as grounds for suspension. It was your typical day. I was being overworked. I was under a lot of stress trying to get and or stay caught up. So we have like one piece of equipment I have in my station that the uh, the winders share is a crane. I needed the crane to lift up heavy, like the heavy parts that I can't lift on my own. Again, I was behind. I was waiting for the winders to, to bring the crane back to me, but they didn't. They just brought it over there, put their, like, just, you know, used it to flip the part around. So instead of bringing it right back to me, they just put it off to the side in their area. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I just walked over there super fast. And one of the winders who was watching and helping just slowly walked and drifted right into my path. I didn't have, at that point, I didn't have enough time to walk around her or even stop. And I knew collision was, was imminent. So I told her, I called out, excuse me, watch out. And I collided with her. And as I was reaching to grab the crane, I tell her, crap, I'm sorry. And she turned and started yelling and cursing at me, telling me to get my, to get my ass out of her work area. She was, a, she was actually a work friend, believe it or not. She knew that's not something I would do. I would not intentionally 
do something like that and that it's a factory. You need to mind your surroundings. So, so the next day, my manager approaches me asking me what had happened. I told him my side of the story. I told him it was an accident. I tried telling her that I was sorry. And he walked off. I was like, oh, okay. The day after that, the plant manager came up, came over to me and asked me to come with him. So I find myself in the human resources uh, lady's office with human resources lady herself, the plant manager, and human resources boss. They asked me what happened that day after my side of the story. So after I gave it, they proceeded to tell me that I was suspended pending the investigation. Yeah, I was being suspended for that as well as all the things that I've allegedly said and done. And I talked back to my manager. I, and there were allegedly a lot of complaints and reports made against me from other employees. And apparently one of the other big things that I did was hit and run people over with the cart that I, that I was pushing around that had, that I put the molds on, which that was a big fat lie. Allegedly, you're not allowed to make any form of physical contact with another employee, even if it's accidental. The whole three and a half years I had worked there, I had never, ever heard of such a rule. In fact, there are so many people around there touching each other in some ways, like handshakes, fist bumps, pats on the back, pats on the shoulder, dudes groping each other, um, touching someone, like kind of like, okay, you need to position yourself like this. Okay, hold it like this. Got it? instructive purposes yet accidentally bumping into someone who's not minding their surroundings is grounds to be to take disciplinary action my manager had even told me at one point that if somebody got hurt while they were in my work area and i'm trying to work he told me that it's not my fault it'd be theirs because they were standing around someplace where they're not supposed to be they were trying desperately to get rid of me because i was no longer the spineless little wimp I used to be. I knew I was becoming a lot more well-versed in my rights as an employee and as a human. I was, I stood up for myself. I knew how to do my job better than, than my manager and he didn't like it. Yeah. So I was suspended pending an investigation. At this point I was freaking out because I felt like I felt that if I lost my job, I lost everything. I was going to lose everything. And that's when I started having thoughts of suicide. But then, thankfully, I, reached, I, I have some good friends in my corner. They supported me. They told me that – some even told me that if I, that if I ever needed money, they could, borrow, they could lend me some money just to keep the lights on and keep a, head, a roof over my head. And then, like, I was also told that I could file for unemployment. So that, that got me to calm down a bit more. So jump to the next day. And I received a call from Human Resources. She then told me, after much discussion, we have decided to end your employment with us. I can't remember what all, what all else she said, but I did make mention that I had the worst three and a half years of my life. And she said in her cookie cutter phrase, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, they, they, I received no warnings, no write-ups for any of this. They were keeping these, these, alleged complaints and and reports whatever's against me I, I honestly i feel like the fact this is all too suspicious to sound like this is something that they've been keeping track of 
this is clearly stuff that they've just come up with on the, like, just, it came together to come up with. Ezra says there were never any meetings with his managers or HR previous to his termination that discussed any of these issues that they brought up at the end, which led him to believe they were just looking for a reason to get rid of him since he started speaking out and pushing back against the bullying he was experiencing. Fortunately for him, he found a new job shortly thereafter, and although he had to take a pay cut, he's no longer distressed or anxious about his job. I asked him what he learned from this experience and what advice he would give to somebody in a similar situation. I have learned to never disregard, let me disregard that kind of behavior, to pay close attention to red flags, stay on your guard, and stay out of trouble as much as you can, and I guess just keep to yourself a lot more often. Fortunately, my current job is significantly less toxic. Granted, I, like I mentioned, I only make $12 an hour compared to $15 an hour with, uh, with medical, dental, vision, and re- retirement plan. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't worth it. Like, th- that job wasn't worth it at all. But I, it was not like, yeah, the benefits and the pay was not worth the was not worth the deterioration of my mental health, which I, my mental health has improved vastly. I, I'm in a much better mental state. Never underestimate the serious effects bullying has on mental health. If you witness bullying, say something. You have no idea how a small gesture of kindness can help someone being bullied. And if you're a victim of bullying, find a way out. Find an ally or a person you can confide in, such as a family member, therapist, or even a help hotline. StopBullying.gov has a hotline and a live chat option, which I left a link in the notes of this podcast. There's always going to be someone willing to help. Remember, always put yourself first. Next time on Toxic Workplace, we're doing things a little differently. Listen in to our first bonus episode where we talk to Alicia Wolf of Goldfinch Wellness about navigating a toxic workplace and finding the confidence to get through it. It's like not really effective or helpful for me to say, like, you need to leave. And they say, well, I'm not ready. And I say, no, you definitely need to leave, you know, because as, as we've talked about, it's like they, people just leave when they're ready. And so I really do see a lot of my role as like, helping people see things as they are and be sort of clear eyed about the situation and to like bolster their confidence and their sense of themselves and believing that they can be successful outside of that organization and, you know, supporting their timeline, whatever that looks like. And sometimes, you know, people come to it really quickly and sometimes it takes a little bit longer but um, I, I do tend to agree with you in really toxic workplaces. I do think a lot of times the answer really is to leave. And I think, you know, sometimes it can take a long time for people to see that that is, the answer, is really the only answer. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do you have a story you'd like to share on our show? Go to ToxicWorkplacePodcast.com and click on Be a Guest. Fill out the submission information and we'll be in contact. Your story will be told anonymously. All names are changed to protect the privacy of the company and its employees. We look forward to hearing from you. 
And hey, by the way, if you like this podcast, please be sure to leave a positive review. It's much appreciated.